Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Uh, meteorologist Ed Russo here. And meteorologist Tom Russell here. Uh, good to catch up with you, Ed, and we're glad that you're listening as well. Uh, it's been fairly quiet. We were kind of discussing what can we talk about on our on our podcast this week. And, uh, you know, after a very mild winter, it finally got cold again. So I guess that's one thing. You know, it waits till almost springtime, and then we finally get cold. <laughs> a little irony there, don't you think? Yeah, and like a cold, cold day for us is like what? 40 degrees <laughs> that's true that's true but when you think about everybody you know the mindset is springtime and it's going to be uh, nice and warm and then we had this cold smack dab in the middle of march it really it kind of throws people off and look what it's done to the 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 plants and things. i mean things are just blooming like crazy i know the cherry blossom trees and things in the dc are already well uh you know weeks ahead of itself uh, I have these uh, daffodils around the house that are, you know, something you wouldn't see until Easter and they're full. Mm-hmm. Blue, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, while we haven't really seen much of a winter, um, New England finally got their first solid nor'easter. Yeah, that was a pretty impressive storm. Um, some places didn't quite materialize like uh, Boston proper and some of those areas, but inland, a good two or three feet of snow. So yeah, highest total I saw was um, in Beacon, New York, which uh, got 43 inches. Wow. That's impressive. I think that's in the Catskills. Right. That's a- um, of course. Uh, so yeah, that's really been the only major storm for the East uh, as far as winter goes. So uh, to me, we still have two weeks of March. We'll have a couple of shots here of some colder air, but once we get into April, I don't, I don't see us really having a shot at any more winter stuff. Do you? Yeah, no, I think, uh, I, I think all in all, we're, we're really kind of running out of time here to even see anything, obviously anything significant. Sure. Uh, you know, we do get April snows, but now La Nina is dead. Uh, the, which basically means that we're not seeing that cooler than normal water in the Eastern Pacific. But there's a lag time to that. You know, its effects on the jet stream don't happen, you know, for right away, right away. So by the time we don't have that La Nina influence on winter, it'll probably be May. Yeah, I was going to say by the time any kind of effects kick in. So this is significant. The fact that we've had basically a triple dip or or three years of La Nina conditions and now we finally change, uh, see that changing to El Nino conditions, which the biggest significance there is less hurricane activity in the Atlantic. So that's, like you said, something we wouldn't really notice until you know late summer or fall. Right, right. So, um, and it does point to at least on some level, some, La Nino, some El Nino influence. Um, and honestly, you know, really going far out if we want uh a decent winter around here you got to have like a, a neutral like yeah between la nina and el nino like neither str- like we're not looking at a, a signal of either or a weak el nino right um but if it's strong el nino that also kind of hinders us with with winter so you know it just <laughs> well it, it's way that i uh i came across the um Old Farmer's Almanac, the prediction for this winter. Uh, and we're smack dab in the cold and snowy part. And that did not happen. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, 
we we thought it was going to be a backloaded winter, and we can't. It wasn't even, even that. It. it wasn't even that, right? You know, and uh, one of our snowiest days was the day before Christmas Eve. Yeah, and, um, and cold too. Uh-huh. And uh huh. Amazing yeah. how that yeah. melted in the same day that it fell, <laughs> and then we got that <laughs> literally historic cold. Right. Well, ironically, and people forget this, we did have. 5.9 inches of snow for the season, at least so far. Uh, and people forget, well, when did that happen? We had a little bit in November. We had the right before Christmas, we had a little bit in January, but it, it's hard to even recall that much snow. And even that's nothing. Right. Now, on the flip side, um, California, the high Sierra, they've seen, yeah. the high Sierra have seen close to 500 inches of snow. Think about that, 500 of snow. These pictures coming out where the ski lifts are buried almost yeah. <laughs> all the you know, way up to the poles. It's crazy. People have to be rescued from their homes because the snow is, is so high, it's up to the second story. And in some cases, it's blocking the exhaust right. from the Very home, dangerous. and that causes uh, carbon monoxide issues. Yeah, yeah, that can be dangerous. Uh, but the irony here is a year ago, you know, California's complaining about drought and what they were terming perma drought. And, and now here they have too much water where some areas are flooding with too much rain. And then you're going to have all this snowpack melting at some point as well. And that's going to cause some issues. But it's great to see these uh, drought maps disappear. I was just reading about San Francisco. Yeah. And all these things were, you know, the city leaders and whatnot thought that they were going to be in a permanent drought. So from that standpoint, it's nice to see the, the drought talk fade. Well, I, I you know, I've even seen uh, I've seen some climate alarmism out there. I'm just going to go out and say it. Um, talk about how, you know, heavy snow is a thing of the past. Right. Right. You know, these, these things aren't going to happen anymore. Anymore and all this stuff. Like, come yeah, on. Right. It was, you know, obviously that um, that that theory has has been killed um i think when when you're talking about weather i think it's so important that you don't talk in absolutes everything is cyclical it might be a longer cycle than you think it might be a shorter cycle than you think but never say never when it comes to weather i hate that right yeah i I mean that's that's i think a big problem with a lot of this you know you make you know these these bold predictions are made that maybe one scenario out of a dozen the one that's most unlikely, but also the biggest story is the one that seems to get the most noise. Um, And it's unfortunate because a lot of people have, uh, you know, a false sense of, of what the problem really is. But if we focus on these unlikely scenarios, which also happen to be far more doomsday, then we're not doing ourselves any favors, especially when people are under the impression, like when you speak in absolute terms that, uh, that the worst case scenario is likely and it's not. And it's not, we, we've been proven right time after time. So it's important to focus on, you know, mitigation of these issues and uh, you know, how to help people through these things, but to focus on worst case scenarios is counterproductive. It really is. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, obviously the flash flooding and has caused terrible destruction and, and some of the mudslides and whatnot. But at the end of the day, this is extremely welcome news for parts of drought-stricken California. I mean, there we're going to see reservoirs refill. 
yeah for you for years to come yeah right you know i'm curious because i know the uh, lake mead is connected to the colorado river and i know that's one of the biggest tributaries that's seeing such a terrible loss of water i mean the the colorado river is a major um it's the source major source for water out there um obviously the high sierras and i don't not connected to that watershed i don't believe but i mean the west in general has seen a lot of snow so it will be interesting to see how much you know lake mead levels fluctuate because you know lake mead is obviously extremely low if you look at hoover dam yeah, that's been that's been really bad. But, you know, to me, those kind of things are even outside of weather and the fact that you can't just keep putting millions of people in a desert and not expect to run out of water. So, you know, some of these things are policy matters beyond, you know, just meteorology. But it is a desert. Ultimately, a lot of people moved into a desert. You're going to run out of water at some point. Right. And it is normal for California to have... Um, periods of drought extremes yeah extremes. True. you're going to get that in california that's just you know the 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 climate of california is seeing extremes so to speak it sounds kind of uh like a uh counterintuitive but that's that's what we've seen in california it's in a very unique spot yep geographically yeah obviously the the climate there follows suit so yeah there are going to be some i think major positives that come out of the spring snow melt. And, you know, I, I, I don't see that snow melting through the summer. I mean, I see most of it melting, but I, I, I still could still see, you know, uh, snow capped mountains through the entire summer in parts of California, especially. Yeah. And, and that means people will be skiing into July. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I remember going out to Colorado when I was a kid and we went out in the middle of July and there were still some patches of snow on uh some of the higher elevations um i think uh, yeah yeah we were out near tumbling river which is just west of denver so um yeah i mean and you're talking about california which i think california has the highest elevation in the lower 48 mount um whitney okay i think that's around 13 or fifteen thousand feet wow yeah so the mountains out there are legit and you know probably capable of holding at least some snow through the entire summer especially if we're seeing this near record snowpack this late in the season right should be plenty of snow oh yeah oh yeah so if you want to say that we had no winter okay you can say that about the east but certainly not for the west they they got winter and then (laughs) so oh yeah yeah you know it's funny uh parts of tennessee and north carolina have gotten up to two feet of snow you know, if you look at, um, I think Mount LeConte, which is in Eastern Tennessee, they're 550. No, they're, they're about 6,500 feet above sea level, uh, Mount Mitchell in North Carolina. I mean, those, those places get more snow on than us in a normal winter. Cause you know, those are huge mountains down there. Elevation. Yeah. 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 So the Smoky mountains are mountains. There are way bigger than anything in Pennsylvania. So, you know, they get, you know, anytime we get a cold blast, usually they get a lot of upslope snow showers. So, yeah. Um, All right. So let's talk uh, yeah. moving, moving forward here. So spring arrives and now we're uh, we're still in the middle of March. So I, I still see March pretty volatile. I mean, our average temperature moves into the low 50s. So that's pretty normal. But I still see uh, some pretty good shots of cold air 
Uh, one of the things you and I always emphasize every year is don't plant until uh, a lot of people say Mother's Day. We definitely say after Easter. Uh, so you can still get those cold snaps, you know, right up to May. So you got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, if you want to plant, you could do, uh, you could start with milk containers and kind of start growing the seeds, have them germinate right in milk containers either in your home or or outside cuz even in the milk milk containers can act like little mini greenhouse gotcha and it can actually protect the plants from a harsh freeze if it does happen and then once you get past May 15th you can take the sprouted seeds and put them in the ground that's a good way to do it that's yeah good... so I, I believe they call that winter sowing winter sowing winter uh, sowing you're getting your a jump start to the um winter season so I mean, to the growing season excuse me one of the things we thought back when we did our winter preview was maybe an early spring does this change your mind on that or i mean i definitely <laughs> did we get see... our spring in january and february <laughs> yeah yeah we did <laughs> i i definitely still see some shots of cold i'm not looking at like any raging winter but definitely colder than normal okay um, so at least it definitely looks like we've got several cold shots but again, it's going to be the same kind of thing where we warm up and then get rain. And then behind it, we cool down. Gotcha. And so right. those colder days are going to end up drier. Okay. That makes sense as we move on. We've been seeing. So how would that translate into what we consider our severe season? More active, less active. Uh, we kind of talked about La Nina waiting, but that's not a direct influence for us really no i mean i i you know i think in general like yeah i think in general la nina tends to um create a more active severe weather season across the east but mm -hmm. um since it just literally since the signal for it is now gone right eastern pacific i we're still going to see the effects of it probably for another couple of months which take us into april which take us into may right um, and that's obviously our severe weather season. So I could still see a La Nina influence, mm -hmm. but I don't, I, I think if maybe La Nina died in January, we might have a more tempered severe weather threat this season. But I, I do think we could potentially have an active one once we get into the second half of April and certainly into May. Yeah, it really doesn't hit. I mean, climatologically, it's really May into June. Right. Uh, you know, as far as our chance for severe weather, we've had some some fairly active Aprils in the past, but they're more the exception than the rule. Um, I, you know, the other kind of thing I was trying to translate to, we, we've had a couple of hot summers in a row. So does this temper our summer a little bit? And I'm thinking kind of maybe, like you're saying, if we get a later start on those warmer days, right. um, you know, this could temper the, not a whole lot, but it could temper the summer overall or, you know, the the last couple of summers, I think we over 30 days, 90 plus. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, used, that used to be more rare, um, but it hasn't been. The last couple of summers have been pretty warm. So I'm I think thinking our, maybe a little less uh, heat this year. Our average number of 90 degree days, I think, is around 19. Yeah, that's, that sounds right. And, and we've been over 30, I think, what, the last three summers? Yes. Uh, at least. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think that could temper that a little bit. I wouldn't mind a little cooler summer, but I'm a summer guy, so I don't mind either way. Yeah, yeah, me. If it's not going to be winter, might as well be summer. <laughs> well said, well yeah. said. Um, all right, you're the bug guy, so now that we're warming up, what's the, I think I saw a, a stink bug, is that right? Or is, is a stink bug more like a fall thing? Yeah, 
usually i i see more of them in the fall i think um, i didn't see one but, though yeah but the lantern flies you know in the next couple months here we'll start to uh well actually you'll see, you you pointed out last year not the babies you'll see the uh the stuff that's on the bark the stuff that's on the outside of the tree the eggs and i forget what the term is yeah uh, you're supposed to scrape that off right yeah scrape it off you know it's really not recommended that you spray um just because a lot of the sprays that kill lantern flies also kill other things gotcha you know, the best way to do it is to just take a credit card uh and swipe that little it, it, it's it's just a very horizontal or it, it basically just a very thin slab of what looks like mud on the side of right. a tree could be on your car yep and it yeah, comes off real easy but you gotta like you said you gotta put it in something and dispose of it. Did yeah, you put it in trash or where do you put it i would put it in rubbing alcohol i put i put a little rubbing alcohol inside of a bag and then dump it in the bag because that'll kill them oh that'll kill it okay yeah and then dispose of it gotcha um but certainly that's the best way it's certainly you want to stay away from all those spraying chemicals i know some companies will say to or some people will tell you to just spray it but gotta gotta remember that a lot of these poisons aren't ex aren't you know specific to a bug if you're killing a bug by poisoning it chances are a lot of other bugs necessary bugs are also going right. to be impacted so gotcha yep gotta be careful with that all right so uh lantern flies that's one of the first things we'll see yeah uh, the egg casings yep okay all right we'll keep an eye out for that um and then uh trying to think if there's any 13 or 17 year cicadas on the horizon nope no no i don't think so this year 2026 maybe 2026 yeah i know there's a um i know there's a a different brood separate from brood x that's okay. every 13 years. And I think the last time that happened was 2013. Our station, we we covered it. We did some stories on it, but that wouldn't happen until 2026. All right. So yeah. we'll, we'll anxiously look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pitch the story tomorrow. Hey, I want to cover this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. nice. All right. Anything else on your mind, sir? Oh, always, but must save it for next podcast. All right. That sounds good. So uh, the takeaway this week is uh, get ready for more uh, Mother Nature's March Madness as we go up and down. And we're certainly going to feel some warmer temperatures, but watch out for those swings as we head into April. Yep. You bet. Good. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Thank nice you. Talking to you. All right. You're listening to It's Raining Mets.